0: You're listening to The Devoted Podcast, where our desire is to be women devoted to the Word of God. We're so glad you're here, and we pray you'll be challenged and encouraged as we look to God's Word together. Hey, gals, welcome to The Devoted Podcast. Hope you guys are having a great Day great summer. Yep, it's summer, and so as you guys know, I've been kind of taking a little bit of a recording break. I'm actually going to start recording here in another couple weeks. Man, what have we been up to over here? So, I've actually been cranking away on a Bible study that'll actually be for our spring 24 study at Athey Women. And I'm really, really excited about that. And you're probably going to hear a little bit about that study, even actually as we go through this podcast, because it's it's sort of what sparked me to jump behind the microphone in the middle of summer I know it's a crazy season for a lot of us. I I know that we've been doing some replays of different podcasts from just the last couple of years. We've been trying to put those in. So you're still seeing something. If you are you know, following us on Instagram, you'll see that we are still kind of doing this. We're also this month, we've been pointing you guys to our devoted lives. And sometimes there's all this confusion. Okay, what's up? There's the devoted podcast and then there's devoted live what in the world what's the difference well the whole idea with devoted live is it's actually a it's a video it's a live that we do it at the building and we do it once a month on Saturdays and so and sometimes it's interesting saturday could be an awesome day for you gals especially if you work and you might be able to if you're local be able to pop in but for a lot of times mom's saturdays can be like kind of a nutty day so We always have those available on the YouTube channel. You guys can always go back and check those out. But we just decided for this summer that we would put some of those out as sort of replays for that so you guys can see some of the things that we've done even over the last year and just kind of get you up to speed so we're all tracking along at the same pace. Well, today what sparked me, and I got to say it was this week. So I gave myself a few days. Okay, gals, I gave myself a couple days. I really wanted to be prayerful about this. I didn't want to be reactionary and just jump behind the microphone and get all spicy about stuff. So I did give myself a couple days to really ask the Lord, is this what He would have us do for the podcast, or is this a you know an invitation for Amy to keep her mouth closed? And at the end of it all, I just felt that this would just be something that the Lord would have us be really mindful of, really aware of, and kind of not be lazy in our thinking. So if you checked out the, the title to this podcast, you already know where I'm heading with this, but maybe you've noticed there's this little movie right now called the Barbie movie. Okay. And I'm going to just tell you guys right out of the gate. Okay. This is not a line by line, breaking down the plot, breaking down the characters of this movie. It's just not because I have not seen the movie and I'm not going to see the movie. And I'll probably tell you why. I mean, you'll probably figure out why, but so I've not seen it. This is not meant to be like a complete breakdown of that movie. But it is kind of a big deal. And it's a big deal with gals right now. Okay. So for some, this movie is just like, they played with Barbies as a kid. And I think somebody explained it to me, like, it's sort of like what the Mario movie was a little bit for those that are 35 plus, And it just kind of was nostalgic and kind of reminded them of all the things that were just fun about Mario. And so some have said that's at least what they were hoping for with the Barbie movie, that it was going to be something that just kind of reminded them of things that they played with as a kid. And And apparently it did have some of those things. So like I said, I've not seen it, so I'm not going to say this part was the good part and this was the bad part. I'm also not a podcast that does movie reviews, right? That's not my thing. I kind of think that sounds fun. I think that'd be a great time. But... That's not what we do. I do find that those those sites have done that and I did read and watch several different reviews about this movie and I think those are really helpful. gals, even if you don't have kids, I would just say for your own minds and your own hearts, the things that you're letting in your eyes and all that kind of stuff, it's really good to kind of vet the stuff that you're gonna go see before you go see it. And then obviously if you've got kids, for sure you want to do that too. but online you can go to pluggedin.com. I know that's one of them and I think common sense media, that might be another one that you can just kind of go and research a little bit. So you at least know what you're getting into and you're not going in blind. And in this case with this movie, because it was such a big deal. And I think the movie made like over $100 million, $150 million the first weekend. It was everyone wanted to get all dressed up. And I don't know. It was just a very girly kind of an event sort of movie. So because of that it sort of it drew a lot of attention especially for gals and even moms taking their daughters and things like that. So the thing about it though is this Barbie movie really puts out some messages that we talk about on the podcast all the time. So like I said, I'm not a podcast that we stick out movie reviews and that kind of stuff. Love the ones that do that, and I find them helpful. But what we do like to do here at the Devoted Podcast is to give you gals a lot of scripture and a lot of the truth of the word so that when you come in contact with these ideas from the world and from movies or a friend or anything, right? We are exposed to good and bad ideas all over the place, and we should be taking those things and sticking them through the filter that's the word and going man what comes out in the wash on this and I think that's just an important thing to do so I wanted to take this opportunity because there are a couple really dangerous messages that are very thematically present in the Barbie movie now some of you are going to be critical and you're going to say well how can you criticize something you haven't seen okay so I want to address that first First of all, when I hear people say that, I always think of this phrase my dad used to say, and he kind of had different iterations of this, but it usually involved a cliff. And do you need to do that? He would say, you know, do you need to jump off the cliff with the rest of the sheep to know it doesn't end well, right? You know, you're going to get splat. You know, it's not great if you just jump off because everybody's doing that. So that was dad's thing. You know, he would say that phrase, you know, whether it was peer pressure, whatever it was, he was always trying to point out that, do you really need to do what everybody else is doing to find out how it ends. And we know that we don't, do we? We don't need to do the things to know usually what the outcome is. And so I guess, in some ways, that's how I kind of look at movies like this, I sort of kind of know where it's going. And I really don't think I need it. Okay. Now, the other thing that I think that this is a great time for this podcast here is because these ideas that the movie puts out are Yeah, they're here in the movie. But they're everywhere, right? I actually, it was kind of hilarious to me that last summer, and I think it was last summer, I'd actually need to go back and check the log, but we did a bonus episode last year about the patriarchy. And I, you know, I think I went into, again, I don't listen back to my podcast because to listen to my own voice is highly irritating, but I'm pretty sure I probably talked about some stuff about the feminist movement and the things that the patriarchy and them saying that it's so evil is actually kind of contrary to what the Bible is actually saying about what the patriarchy really means. Okay. Now we know that there's some negative connotations that have been abuses of different things within our culture, for sure. But that's, that's not really where the word came from. And I think as Christian women, we actually need to stand up and say, oh, you know what? We actually love this the rule of the father. That's what patriarchy means, the rule of the father. And so we talked about that. You can go back and listen to that episode if you want, so you can kind of hear all the things I was going into on that one last summer. But what's funny to me is that word, the patriarchy, that typically was a word that was reserved for the Old Testament when you're actually talking about the patriarchs, or maybe you hear it in some church circles as far as patriarchists, versus complementarian versus egalitarian. That is a thing. And if I just said three words that you don't know what they mean, don't worry about it. We'll get into those in other episodes. So maybe you've heard it there. But typically the word patriarchy, at least lately, it's kind of been reserved for like extreme feminist things, you know, extreme down with the patriarchy, the patriarchy is evil, everything about it is awful, awful, awful. And it's kind of been reserved for that camp. And so I was just dying when I was actually listening to a review about the Barbie movie, and they kept using the word patriarchy. And I thought, well, surely they're just saying that this is like the theme that was promoted, but they weren't actually using the word patriarchy but they actually use the word patriarchy. Like I guess several times within the movie, they talk about the patriarchy and trust me, it does not sound like it has done so in glowing terms. Okay. So it's a highly critical movie of the patriarchy and men and all of the things that those are the things that are the problems with our society. Men are evil or stupid. Those are the two options for men and the patriarchy is to blame for everything. And again, if you're listening to this and you're like, I saw the Briarby movie and you're gonna get defensive of it, okay, fine. Like I said, I didn't see it. But I can effectively address those issues of the patriarchy is not to blame for all that ails our society and not that all that ails us as women. And I can also speak to the fact that actually not all men are evil or stupid. Those are not actually the two categories that men can jump into. So those are the things I want to talk about because what this movie did is it sort of put a very trendy, cutesy, musical even, man, threw a fashion spin on it and some comedy and all of these things to kind of cloak some really gross, 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 ideas and things that are very antithetical to God's word, God's design. And we should be aware of that as women. And we shouldn't just take it, right? We need to really take these thoughts captive. So you can already probably tell, but men, so maybe this disclaimer isn't necessary, but I'll give you this disclaimer as I go into this, because I gave myself a couple days because I do get pretty spicy about this. And let me tell you why these ideas, when culture, when Hollywood, when anybody tries to throw out these ideas that the patriarchy is to blame for everything and that men are terrible and women don't need men and all of these very feminist ideas, they, number one, are a direct affront to God's word and God's design. They just are. The second thing is in so saying that all men are either stupid or evil, I get a little defensive about that too because I raise boys. And it just kind of kills me that our guys today are being conditioned that they shouldn't really defend themselves against mischaracterations, but instead they should just laugh and they should just go along with everyone else and just take it. And I just think that as gals, we need to actually say, no, let's look at what the Bible says about men and women. Let's talk about and know what our biblical design is and what it is not and properly diagnose Where the problems are. And spoiler here, the problems aren't that it's all men's fault and women are pure as the driven snow and we're the hero in the story. That isn't what it is. So I think that as gals, since this is a podcast for women, I am just telling you ladies, I would just like you to hear me with an open mind and Listen to some of these, take down any kind of defensive. If you just loved the Barbie movie and you saw it and you had a great time with your friends, I'm not trying to tell you that you've done some terrible evil. I just want to encourage you to think critically about it. And I want you to line it up against what the word says and see how you you think it flushes up. So I already referenced what patriarchy means. It just means rule of the father. Now, in our society, we've kind of turned that into being a overarching term to talk about male domination, men that are misogynistic, men that are abusive or taking advantage of authority that they've been given. Those sort of all kind of just loosely fit under this patriarchy thing and so man, that sounds really terrible. We don't want to have anything to do with that, right? And it's falsely kind of just given the label of like this is what is to blame for everything. So, that's what there is. But now let's look at let's look at what the Bible says and let's look at what are we talking about when we say biblical design? And there's a couple things with this. Number one, there's an order of events with things. And, you know, uh, let me just read to you. Genesis 2, 18 says, Then the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone, and I will make a helper for him. So I could have read more of Genesis. If you back up, you know, you see where man was created, and he's put into the garden to work it and keep it. And then God sees that it's not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper fit for him. So that's the first thing that happens. That's the first thing in our order of biblical design of the order of creation. And then after that, so we had things good. We had um, man and woman created a helper complementing one another. And man, they were a team. And God created it good. And he says that in his word. He saw that it was good. Well, then you have this unfortunate situation in chapter three of Genesis that we all know as the fall. Sin. This is when sin enters the picture. Now, this is, I'm not going to go into all the things that happened with the fall and all the different things with Eve and the serpent and all of that. Read your Bible. Go ahead and read Genesis 2 through Genesis chapter 3, chapter 4, somewhere in there. Just kind of get a full context of what we're talking about when we're talking about the created order of things. But sin is that second thing that hit. So we have creation of man and woman. Did you catch that two gender thing? There it is again. Man and woman, they were created. Then there's a the sin. And then following the sin, the consequence of our sin was the curse. So the curse is said in Genesis 3.16 is to the woman, he said, I will surely multiply your pain and childbearing. In pain, you shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be contrary to your husband, but he shall rule over you. Now, there's so many things about the curse. And I, I, I mentioned to you guys that I've been working on a different study for actually spring of this next year for Athe women. And so the study I've been working on is actually on biblical womanhood. And we're gonna spend seven, eight weeks, not sure totally how it's gonna land, it's still in the works, on biblical womanhood. So here I am over here in my office, just typing away and studying away on this study on biblical design and biblical womanhood and what it should look like. And I mean, man, digging into the curse and digging into the created order of things and all this. And then the Barbie movie comes out. (laughs) and it was just it was just kind of funny because everything that i kept hearing about it i was like oh goodness This is exactly opposite, actually, to what the Bible says. And so again, that was why I felt like we just needed to kind of just, let's remind ourselves of some scriptures. Now, some of you guys are hearing these things and you're like, yeah, I know. I know these things. Even when we know these things, the more we hear the word, the more we let these things just mull over in our brains, the better we're going to be able to not only have a good guard in our own mind and our own heart. From falling for things that the world tries to throw at us, but also to effectively teach the younger. And when I say younger, that could be your kids. That could be a teenager you're discipling. My goodness, can I say that again? A teenager you're discipling, (laughs) a teenager, a teenager, a teenager. Our young kids, our teenagers, pre teenagers, they're being told so many lies today. And gals, those of us that are older, so, okay, if you're older than any of those age groups, that classifies you to put you in a group of studying the word and being able to come alongside some of those gals, because you know what? They need you. And I'll say some of those young boys, if you're a mom, your sons need you. They need to understand what biblical men really look like and what biblical women really look like, because the world is completely distorted, what God created as good. Remember? Remember? first thing, Genesis 2.18, we were created as a helper, man was created first, and God said it was good. So let's keep in mind God's creation, man and woman, that he said it was good. Sin is the thing that messed it all up. And then we had the curse that just kind of made things all sorts of complicated, right? So when that second part of that curse, your desire shall be contrary to your husband, but he shall rule over you. There we go. That's where we are going to see within the curse that for the rest of time, there's going to be this battle. There's going to be this rubbing because of sin, guys, not because of men, not even because necessarily just women. There's going to be this battle between men and women, and women are going to want to be contrary. We're going to want to rule. We're going to want to have authority that we are not created to have. And I know that bothers people, but it's just in the Bible. We were created second. That's why even just to say that there's an order of events is important for us to realize something comes first, and then something comes second. So you know, there, with this there being a created order of man and woman, even that in itself, we just we just battle against that today, or at least the world does. And it seems simplistic. I know it seems silly, but we have to do say, okay, there's there weren't created two Adams, right? God did not see that he said man should not be alone. And when he said that he wanted to make a helper fit for him, he didn't make another Adam. He didn't make something, make another one exactly like him. Instead, he made a complementing gender, a complementing sex to Adam. And so Adam and Eve, the other thing that I think is interesting that he did not do in the garden is that God did not create Adam and Eve at the same time. I wonder if sometimes we miss that, right? Because God knows everything. God is all-knowing. He is all-powerful. It's not like he created Adam and then just realized like later going, oh, yeah, you know what? I guess maybe I should change this around. God knew. Now, there's a cool thing that I think that happens. Join us in the study. We'll kind of get into it because there's this parade of animals that then God brings before Adam. It's almost as if it's the first time that man has a free will exercise, where man sees all of these animals, and Adam gets to sit there and realize and go, oh, none of those are like me. Maybe I need something different. But God is gracious and kind, and He actually allows Adam to see that. And so in so doing, I think it shows how, God's, how relational He is with us. But He chose to have Adam... Recognized that he needed a helper, and then God created Eve. Okay, he was gonna have this order and hierarchy. Something comes first, something comes second from the very beginning. And women, we came second. So there is order. There's one before the other, and creation institutes this order and this hierarchy that is not intended to be a bad thing. We on in us because of that curse. You know that part I read to you that says we'll be contrary and then we'll want to rule over. That's us trying to buck against that authority, that hierarchy, and trying to upend what God did not intend to be upended. He wanted it to be here as man was created, and then there's woman. Now, don't freak out. This isn't a bad thing. When we say that we are helpers and we're even subordinate to, it does not mean we're inferior. We know this because we know that we're created in God's image. And I wish there was a way that we could take our Christianese and just think about what that means to be a reflected image of God, of the God who knows everything, the God who is everywhere, the God who created us. We are able to be image bearers of that. I mean, that's remarkable. It's an amazing thing. And men and women... Are image bearers of that. And that's really important. So we we can't be inferior. We're an equal image bearer of God. We are equal in value as representatives of this image. We also, men and women, have equal access to the redemptive work of the cross, right? You know, it's in Galatians 3.28 that tells us there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is no male or female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus and if you are Christ then you are Abraham's offspring heirs according to the promise now that verse is often taken out of context by egalitarians and folks that are more of a feminist reading of scripture to mean that see we're supposed to be all the same and they they equate it to almost like an equal rights equal authority kind of thing but the context of that verse is that it is it's about salvation we all have equal access. It even says there in verse 29, if you're Christ, then you are at Abraham's offering and heirs according to the promise. We are co-heirs. So men, women, it's not like men have more of it or women have less. There's none of that. Lots of scriptures to support this idea that men and women that were equal recipients of our eternal inheritance, our salvation, Romans eight, sixteen through seventeen says, The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. Also Ephesians 1 verse 4, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him in love. He predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, that sons, daughters, that's a mankind term there to the praise of his glorious grace With which he has blessed us in the beloved, in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight. I love that verse. I read more of that verse than was even necessary to have you guys get the idea of that we're all co-heirs and that we're all adopted and we're sons and daughters of Christ. But it's such a beautiful passage. And I want you guys to hear that the beauty is that we are equal recipients of. Yes, of being that image bearer of Christ, we are representatives of his image, but also we are equal recipients of salvation. And it is a huge salvation because we need to keep that. We need to keep the gospel as this blinding light, honestly, that is all the good news, especially in contrast to the darkness that we see. So I think it's important for us to understand as we're looking and wanting to look at our world and look at it through the lens of scripture, that we need to recognize there is order and hierarchy, yes, and there's also equality in salvation and the value that we have as image bearers of of God. Very important for us to understand. The second thing I think we need to get is that sin is the problem. Just like I read to you when when we look at The created order of things and how we have creation of man and woman, we have the sin, and then we have the curse. Sin, it's the problem. Because of sin, the fall, we've got a mess. And yes, we see the mess all over. Do men treat women poorly sometimes? Yes, they do. We have men that have abused power. We have men that have been domineering and we have men that have been misogynistic. Yes, that is true. But the point is we have women that have also done this thing that we're talking about here, sin. It's not supposed to be men versus women here. It is the fact that it's sin that is the problem. And, you know, it's so funny. We can have women that we can swing the other way. We'd see women that walk all over men and are really egregious in their behavior And we can say, well, that sin isn't as bad as the sin of the man who is domineering and is treating women poorly. I mean, think about that. I would be willing to bet if you pause and you're like, well, yeah, the man's sin is greater there. But that's not biblical either. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, all, and the wages of sin is death. So that means the man's sin, the woman's sin, all of those sins are equal, and all have the consequence of deserving death. Now, by the grace of Jesus, we don't have to die because of the cross and what Jesus did for us to pay for that sin. But the point is, is that we all sin and that sin is actually the problem here. It's not the patriarchy and it's not just men, mankind, men and everything that they do. That isn't the problem. Sin is the problem. And from what I have read and gathered about the Barbie movie, but again, I don't need to watch the Barbie movie to see this, there is a war to kind of pit men and women against each other. And oh, what a classic technique of the enemy to put us at odds, as opposed to looking at Galatians 3 where, you know, there's this equality and there's this unity in Christ. Nope. Let's separate that, the enemy would say, and let's make them fight each other. And this, again, this is another one of those things that is contrary to our design. Because look at the complementarian way in which we're made. It's one of the things that I love when you look at the creation story is, is all the distinctions, right? The fact that men have very distinct things from women and vice versa, right? The biggest one being, of course, women have the capacity to have children. There is not a man alive, no matter what the media tells you that can bear children. That is something unique to women. And then even once you go beyond that, you see all the ways that in smaller ways, that one is the primary distinction between the genders, but there's all kinds of things that are a little more innate to women than men. Men are created more physically strong than women. Women have a sensitivity sometimes to emotional needs and things like that that men don't have. I mean, there's just it's just a long list of all the things that we have distinctions in, and that's a cool thing. I mean, that shows the creativity of the Lord. It shows the ways in which we can serve Him even differently because we all have these differences, and it's a great thing. But the world would have you do two things, either hate each other between the sexes, men and women, or... If you get into the transgender line of thinking, just make us all the same and eliminate any distinction at all. Both are equally poisonous lies. One of the verses I love about our complementarian nature is in 1 Corinthians 11, when it says, "'Nevertheless, in the Lord, woman is not independent of a man, nor man of a woman. For as a woman was made from man, so man is now born of woman, and all things are from God.'" This is such a great thing that creates this picture of how we come together, men and women, and our need for one another. You know, just like we looked at in Genesis when God said that it is not good that man should be alone, that in that statement, we see that there is, even from our created beginnings, we have a need for fellowship. We have a need to be with other humans. And I say humans because he showed them all the animals. The animals didn't quite cut it. It was humankind. They need to be in connection and fellowship with one another. So we're created not to be these little alienated silos. We need to be in connection with people. And in 1 Corinthians, that's one of the points it's making that woman, we're not independent from man. And woman was made from man. But then guess what? Women, we actually give birth to men and women, right? You know, that's how we have be fruitful and multiply and fulfill that creation mandate that we have. But the point is, is that we need each other. And the Lord intends for men and women to work together and to be in unity together, not as the world would have us being pit against each other. So there's just some scriptures that kind of give you some backing on what was the created order, And I love the word order. I know the world's like, no, don't say order. Don't say hierarchy. Don't say any of those things. But it's a great thing because it's going within our design. And and this is good news for us as gals. This is not a bad thing. But I think what fired me up a little bit with this particular movie is that it made it all funny or trendy, or they threw a catchy song behind it, or they made it look like it wasn't a big deal. And it made me think of in 2 Corinthians, it's 2 Corinthians 11, 14, where it reminds us that even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. And I, I think we could also add to that, you know, when you, when you think of something that is light, it's something that you want to look at. It's beautiful. And it's something you enjoy being around. And I think those are some of his devices that he's using today in movies in music, different things that we enjoy and that entertain us. They're shiny, they're trendy, they're catchy, they're a delight to the eyes. But I think we need to be watchful and not be ignorant that this is a way that Satan is mixing his devices in with everything. Romans 12.2 tells us to not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing you may discern what the will of God is, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Do not conform to this world. Just that line, guys. Do you think about when you are taking in a movie or you're listening to songs or whatever, how much are we conforming with the way that we accept it? I don't know. I think everybody's got a different answer to that. I think sometimes people actually are putting up mental blocks and are running those things through scripture and recognizing right away, ooh, yeah, that's not of the Lord. But other things can kind of seep themselves in. In Proverbs, it often talks about the simple. I think the New American Standard calls them naive, but I I love Proverbs 132. And I just want to read this to you in, in two versions and see if we recognize some of this. But it says, for the waywardness of the naive will kill them and the complacency of fools will destroy them. Similar verse in the ESV, but instead of the waywardness of the naive, it says for the simple are killed by their turning away and the complacency of fools destroys them. Naive, simple. Those two words kind of feel like not something we would coat in a super dark and drastic way. I mean, okay, you're a little simple. You're a little naive. It's not that big a deal. But the second part of that proverb is huge. The complacency of fools destroys them. The complacency, just like, uh, eh, it's fine. Just going along to get along. Do we really need to make a big deal? And just even with that, there's probably some of you out there going, you know, Amy, it's just a movie. Are you taking it too seriously? And I guess the thing that I think about is, well, did that proverb sound too drastic? You know, when the Proverbs tells us that the complacency of fools destroys them or that the the waywardness of the naive will kill them, those are kind of harsh words. And so if scripture is telling us that to be naive, to be simple, to just kind of go along and be complacent with the foolishness of the world that it kills, it destroys. Those are dramatic words. And so I don't know. I don't know that I am taking it too seriously. And perhaps we should be a little more guarded about things of the world that can kind of seep in. I sometimes wonder if I take this proverb seriously enough. It is God's word. And that is something that should we should sit up and, and take note of. The other thing that I think about with some of these things, when you think like, well, you know, am I just taking this too serious? I was reading about a study that was from Vanderbilt Peabody College of Education and Human Development. And they did a study that uh, it said that when adults, and this is adults, so I can, I'm sure kids are also in this camp as well. But when adults hear a statement repeated twice, they are more likely to think that it is true than if they only heard it once. This has been replicated many times in existing research studies, and it is known as the illusory truth effect, or believing something to be true if it's repeated often enough, even when it's false. Okay, think about that a second. Think about what that study is saying. How many times are our sons and daughters or us, how many times are we told that men are all evil and just stupid? That women are better, we're smarter, we don't need men. I mean, that line is kind of everywhere. It's worked into commercials, it's worked into advertisements, it's I mean, it's it's worked into music, it's worked into so many things. And I, you know, maybe I I am a little even more cognizant of this having teenagers and just realizing that especially when they're teenaging, there's a lot of like gals just trying to assert that, yeah. I'm just as smart as you and, you know, I can do all these things and women don't need you and all. I mean, that is just a message that is purported over and over and over. If the illusory truth effect is true, that the more something is repeated, this is even saying, even if the statement is repeated twice, two times, it's more likely that we will accept it as true, even if it's false. And I think we know that that little study is ridiculously true because we've seen the rapid onset of transgenderism where we are told that a boy can be a girl a girl can be a boy we know that to not be true like we know the reality of that is not true but They continue to say it. They continue to say it until you are conditioned to use that a pronoun. You are conditioned to think of that person's gender as separate from their biological sex. It's not true. But we repeat it. We say it over and over and over. And these messages, I'll just take the one here that all men are dumb and stupid, and they really actually need women in order to function. That is just just everywhere. And it's just a lie. Guys, it's a lie and it's slandering of our men. As women who are created to be helpers, one of the things that we should be looking for is in everything from our conversation to our actions to even our thoughts. How are they helpful? You know, there's two questions for us that we can look at the created order and design and see how we're doing. Is it glorifying the Lord because we were created to bear his image and bring him glory? And is it helpful? And when I think about some of these messages that are thrown out specifically towards men, it really just makes me so sad. It makes me so sad because I do think that we have some men out there that really want to walk in their God-given callings. They want to be leaders. They want to step up and be servants. And by that, I mean that servant leadership that is exemplified in scripture as Christ loved the church. That's how men are told to love their wives. How helpful are we being by either being complicit or complacent in these messages to men that they just don't get it? You're stupid or you're the problem. Because I, I think as that illusory truth effect keeps saying, keep repeating something often enough and you believe it to be true. I worry how many of our men are starting to believe that that's true. And even if maybe if there's a part of them, that they know that they're like, well, no, that isn't what I am, but they are just getting beat down with it to the point that they feel like they're not really can't defend what biblical manhood should look like because they just need to sit they just need to take it. And this is concerning to me. And it should be concerning to moms for sure, but it should be concerning to all of us, any men and the men that we have in our lives. How are we being helpful to them by taking a back seat when we see the world kind of float these images around and these ideas around in a pretty dangerous way? And I say dangerous because they've made it catchy. They've made it trendy. They've made it fun, but it's poison and it's a lie from the pit of hell. Now, again, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that all men are perfect. I'm not saying all women are perfect either, right? We've got that crazy thing called sin that is messing all this stuff up. But we need to rightly look at the cause for these things. Men are not to blame for all the evils of this world. The patriarchy is not to blame. Sin is to blame. And I think for us, gals, I just want to encourage us to be wise, to be discerning, fill your mind up with what is true. And I'm sorry, it isn't the Barbie movie. No, it's really not. Because here's the thing, God's design, men, women complimenting each other, women submitting and affirming the leadership of men that God has appointed in their lives is a beautiful plan. It's the way our creator designed it. And while in everything else, we recognize that the designer of something, the one who wrote it and did all of that, that they have the authority to say, hey, this is how this works best. We would believe that about anything. You know, The person who made your computer, the person who made your phone, okay, they probably know how it works. They have instructions for these things. And we're probably going to do what their recommended guidelines are to make our phone, our computer, make it work properly. We believe that about everything else except us. We deny that when it comes to us, men and women, we think we know better than the all knowing God. And when I say that, I know it sounds crazy, but that's bold gals. (laughs) That is really bold that we would have the audacity to say to God, no, 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 we know better. And we know actually that women were better than men. And the list is long. I've said it over and over, but instead of seeing men as the enemy and laughing along with a world that distorts and makes fun of what God has, we need to put our minds on Philippians 4.8. Okay, we talk about the scripture all the time, but I just want to read it to you guys again. Let this sit in your brain. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable or noble, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. I think we all would love to feel that the God of peace is with us because it removes the strife. It removes the pitting of men and women against each other. But that came at the end of the verse after changing our thoughts, changing our thinking, practicing even our thinking on the things that are true. On what's honorable, on what's pure, and what's lovely, and what's commendable. I challenge you to take that list into probably 90% of the things that you will take in from culture, movies, music, or other things, and see how much truth's in it, see how much purity's in it, see how many things are admirable, and how many things are just lovely. You're gonna come up probably really short. This morning in my devotions, I happened to be in Psalm 107, and the beginning of Psalm 107 says, "Let the redeemed of the Lord say so." And just the timing—I I knew I was probably going to record this today. And I, you know, I think about this topic, and sometimes I feel like a broken record, gals. I'll just say it—you know—I feel like, and I know I'm not the only one. Oh my goodness, no! There's so many of us gals that really desire and not that we do it perfectly, but really do desire to follow the scriptures on what it means to be a woman that is biblically defined and not defined by anything that the world says. But when I read that Psalm 107, that the redeemed of the Lord say so, do we tell people that we're redeemed this is where it kind of gets muddy with the world. And I think we got to, We're challenged by Romans 12, too, when it tells us to not be conformed, because you kind of have an option. You can kind of jump in with the world and laugh along with the jokes and, you know, just like, oh, it's just fun. It's just a movie. It's no big deal. But is there a conformity to the world in so doing? Or are you marking yourself as the redeemed and are you telling others that you are redeemed? We are redeemed, women. We're redeemed men and women, and we're not perfect. We are sinners, but we are redeemed. And the world doesn't need to hear the answer that women are awesome and that we can take over the world and everything will be better. Jesus is the answer. And anything that is ever going to take our focus off of that and say that something else is the answer. Whether that is the matriarchy must be the answer, right? Or more women being in charge or more women in leadership. Or if they're going to say that that is the answer every time, they're going to be wrong and they're going to be detracting and distracting from what really the answer is that everybody needs to hear. And that's Jesus. And that's really the, the enemy's ultimate goal, right? to take our focus off of Jesus and the fact that he actually can save people eternally from their sins. Let's not have them look at that. No, instead, let's have them look at each other. Let's have them look at themselves and focus on those things and wrongly give an answer. And in so doing, they are able to effectively take your eyes off of Jesus. So there you go, gals. Just some thoughts here. Hopefully I didn't get too spicy, but I do hope that if you get anything from this podcast that you'll just kind of run those scriptures over in your mind and ask the Lord how he would use these things in your life. Are you walking out as redeemed and are you telling people that you are, or are you getting a little too affected and are you finding the world's jokes a little too funny? I'm not trying to be crazy on this, but at the same time, gals, scripture's pretty serious about this stuff. Proverbs is pretty serious and it uses some pretty drastic language. And I think it might do us well to sit up, take note of what scripture says and let the world and the Barbie movie and its false ideas, its lies, and really its poison, take a really distant backseat. All right. Well, gals, I will be back recording soon. And then we're going to have regular episodes coming up. I'm not going to give you a date because I'd be wrong because I'm not looking at my calendar, but it is coming up and I'm excited to start just being able to record more. We appreciate your prayers as you think of the Women team and the things that we're working on as we're just, you know, it's just our focus to keep scripture in front and giving you guys good things to be meditating on. And those good things always have to be the word. So I would appreciate your prayers as we wrap up studies, as we start a new study in the fall that that one's already been written. So we'll be looking forward to doing that either live or you can join us online in the fall, but looking forward to getting to see some of your faces soon and just getting to regular back on the microphone with the podcast just want to remind you guys too the summer is an awesome time to be coming back and checking out some books that maybe you missed before you were at Athey Creek maybe you're like you know what I was not at Athey when we studied Hosea or some of those minor prophet books and those are always available online you can go to atheycreek.com and verse by verse chapter by chapter book by book teaching he just doesn't miss a word just fill your minds up with scripture and you will be so blessed so with that guys i'm so excited to see you guys hopefully in a month or so in person and if not we'll hope to hear from you either connect with us on social media or send us an email drop us a line if you see us around church we'd love to say hi so you guys have a great rest of your summer Thank you for tuning in to the Devoted Podcast. We are a ministry of Athey Creek Christian Fellowship in West Linn, Oregon. For more resources or if you need prayer or encouragement, send us an email at devotedpodcast at atheycreek.com.